You're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans from the West Coast. I'm your host, Zach Moore. It's Wednesday, November 23rd, the day before Thanksgiving, and I'm very happy to be joined once again by fellow South Stands contributor Paige Van Horn from Denver. PVH, how's it going, my friend? My brother, it's going well. A little, little uh, under the weather, but uh, excited and uh, excited for the football game and little Thanksgiving weekend. All right, it's awesome. So, so you're playing hurt today. We appreciate it. Uh, thanks, yeah, PBH. Lose my voice later. You know, <laughs> just, <laughs> just skip over me. <laughs> All right. We are also joined by fellow contributor Chad Plummer from Cleveland. CP, what's the word from the two one six? What up? What up? Gentlemen, how are you? It is Good. Michigan week. It's the fucking game, baby. I am super stoked as well as just nervous as shit. I'm like just kind of freaking <laughs> out, but it's I good to be it. on with you boys. Good to be on with you as well. And uh, we appreciate you uh, setting some land speed records, CP, to get home for, for this recording. Yeah. So thank you very yeah, much. Man. Good to have you here in one piece. Yes, thank you. So we are here, of course, <laughs> to have a look at the game. Number three, Michigan, visiting number two, Ohio State, this Saturday in the Horseshoe. The game is a noon Eastern kick on Fox. The line is Ohio State minus seven and a half, or at least it was last time I checked. The over-under is 56. Michigan has a slight edge in the all-time series between these schools, 52 to 48 with four ties. That includes, of course, a 42 to 27 win over the Buckeyes in Ann Arbor last season. However... The Buckeyes have dominated the series over the last two decades. Ohio State has won 17 of the last 20 iterations of this game. And the last time these schools played in Columbus was all the way back in 2018, which was a very memorable 62-39 Ohio State laugher. We remember the 2020 game was scheduled to be played in Columbus, but was canceled because of a COVID outbreak at the Michigan program. So, gents, I want to have a look at some numbers on each side of the ball for Michigan. I want to mention a few players to watch in this game. Uh, Then I want to find out what each of you will be watching for when Ohio State has the ball against the Michigan defense. Then we'll flip it around and talk about what we'll be looking for when Michigan has the ball against the Buckeye defense. And of course, we'll leave plenty of time to talk about anything else related to this game that comes up. So let's get started with the Michigan defense. Now they come into this game number one in the country in total defense, giving up 241 yards per game. They're number two in defensive yards per play, giving up just over four yards per play. They have the number two scoring defense in the country, giving up about just under 12 points a game. They have the number one rush defense. They have the number five pass defense. So a very good defense as per usual under Jim Harbaugh. Now, they're not quite uh, as explosive as maybe they were last year. Only 77, uh, 77th in the country in tackles for loss. Ohio State, by comparison, is 18th. So Michigan averages about five and a half tackles for loss per game. Ohio State averages seven. I don't Maybe that just means the Michigan defense takes fewer risks. But uh, they don't get in the backfield for as many tackles for losses as you would think. They're 21st nationally in sacks per game. Now, that's actually tied with Ohio State. Both schools averaging just under three sacks a game. Now, here's something that's interesting about this Michigan defense. The pro football focus grade for pass rush for Michigan this season is 81.3. That's down nearly 10 points from 2021. They were all the way up over 91. Michigan, not nearly as effective 
you know, getting after the quarterback this this season as last. So that's something to watch. I want to mention a few players here on the Michigan side to watch on on defense. Uh, first of all, their edge rusher, Mike Morris. Now, he did not play last week against Illinois. He's been a little nicked up. He leads Michigan with seven sacks. He's Michigan's highest rated defender, according to PFF, at 83.7. Um, he has 35 pressures so far this season, according to PFF. Now, that's 14 more pressures than the next Wolverine. I mean, he really is. When it comes to quarterback pressures, it really is Morris, right? Now, by comparison... And this kind of goes to the point I just made. Aiden Hutchinson had 74 pressures last year. David Ojabo had 43. So, I mean, only 35 for Michigan's highest, you know, graded pass rusher. So you can see a a really distinct drop off there uh, by Michigan in pass rush. That's something to watch. Um, Cornerback, DJ Turner. He's another player to watch. Michigan's top cover corner. He should draw the coverage assignment on Marvin Harrison Jr. He leads Michigan with uh, in-pass breakups with eight. Defensive tackle Mason Graham, another player to watch. He's only a freshman, six foot three, 317 pounds. He's Michigan's third highest graded defender, according to PFF, with a grade of 81.7. And he's their highest graded defensive lineman against the run. So uh, he's a player to watch, Graham is, against the Ohio State run game. Uh, finally, Junior Colson, he's their linebacker. He leads them in tackles. Um, he's a player to watch. So, Paige, I want to kick this over to you. What will you be looking for when Ohio State has the ball against this Michigan defense? I, I'm very interested because when we were talking about the Maryland game last last weekend at mm-hmm. halftime, I kind of felt like Ryan Day was getting out coached in that game. Um, and you know, we've talked a lot about him being stubborn, mm-hmm. um, you know, or being uber aggressive. Um, so I, I, I'm just really interested, you know, at a 30,000 foot level is okay. What's this game plan going to be right? Because we all know, right. The biggest thing is, did we find something with Hayden and can we establish the run mm-hmm. and, um, you know, then we can, you know, maybe put the bed, this, you know, whole toughness bullshit narrative that's out there. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, but I, I think in general, you know, one of the things I'm, I've been curious about is what is the overall game plan? Um, and where they feel the run game is, because then I think that will dictate a lot as far as how this, you know, goes for us on offense. You know, the, the other thing I wrote down and I, you know, just kind of throwing this out there and I'm sure we'll, we'll get to it, but you know, I said, well, what would I be looking for? It's like, does JSN get a catch in this game? Mm. Does he get two catches in this game? Does he get five? I think there's a very strong possibility 50, 50, right. You know, that he plays in this game wow. as a factor because they've been setting it up specifically for this run and you can make the argument that he just has to play this weekend right he can and if they win they can take off the big 10 championship game you don't have to play that Mm. they're going to play probably iowa um so i'll be very curious to see if he's if he's going to be on the field and i I would not be shocked either way right if he's not going to play okay fine but i wouldn't be all that surprised if he is so you know I think day again, like he's got something to prove and I think it's, you know, the X's and O's 
and and how they scheme for this defense. I mean, mm-hmm. I read earlier this week they have the number one total defense. I was pretty surprised by that. I knew they had a good defense. I didn't know it was the number one rated defense. Who they play? Uh, and I agree. Good point. Their, their their strength of schedule is is abysmal. But um, so the, those are a couple things, you know. And if we can establish the run, and I'm super bullish on Hayden on this game. I think I think we're going to be in good shape. If we can't. It could be a long afternoon. I like it. I like it. Okay, CP, how about you? What are you going to be watching when Ohio State has the ball against the Michigan defense? Well, you know what? I'm going to like allude more to the Ohio State offensive line. Okay. Um, they need to win that in the trenches this year against their defensive line. Obviously, mm-hmm. last year they didn't. And, you know, obviously everything goes back to that being the key to our run game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the Ohio State, you know, I, I think they're up for the challenge. I think they're they're, you know, I don't. Did you hear? Um, what about Jones? Was he like? Is he like Matthew Jones? Injury? Yeah, that's yeah. a big question on that offensive line, right? And he yeah. was actually playing well these last couple of weeks. I I think from what I've been hearing and reading, the expectation is is that he will not play, and uh, Enoch Vimahi will probably stand in for him at right guard, but oh, that hasn't okay. yet been confirmed. We we won't know, you know, until they take the field more than likely on Saturday. Right. They need to stop um, some of the stupid mistakes, um, yeah. penalties. 11 that penalties be- last week. That was a season yeah. high. I'm with you there, CP. Good point. Yeah. Just this needs to be cleaned up. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, I'm the firm believer uh, that, that Day has a special – play calling segment for this game. And I think he's been saving it. That's the biggest thing I'm looking at. You know, one of the things I'm, I'm like, you know, as far as the Michigan defense, they don't have Aiden Hudson, you know what I mean? And yeah. he was a fucking disruptor last year. I'm with you, uh, CP. Great observations. And and like you, I'm going to focus on the offensive line a, a little bit here. Uh, I'm going to be watching the interior of the Ohio State offensive line. And you alluded to him earlier, Matthew Jones. Um, at, at right guard. Uh, he's been nicked up all season long or for the better part of the season. He's had some kind of a foot thing happening most of the season. We saw him go down against Maryland. So I want to see how the interior of the Ohio State offensive line holds up against the Michigan defensive tackles, Mazzie Smith and Mason Graham without Jones, who I, you know I think most people believe will not be able to play after the, the injury at Maryland last week. Enoch Vamahi is probably the guy to replace Jones could also be Josh Fryer, but the consensus seems to be it'll be Vamahi and uh, Fryer is uh, more of a tackle prospect. Vamahi is more of uh, naturally suited to the interior. So look, the guard play this season has been inconsistent. Donovan Jackson has also been a little up and down, though I think both he and Matthew Jones have been much better in recent weeks. Uh, but now that Jones is likely unavailable, Vimahi needs to step in at right guard and really step up his game. Um, I think how they play there will dictate to a very large degree how well the Buckeyes can run the football. And they're going to have to be great because in all likelihood, a true freshman, Dallin Hayden, right, is going to be getting the most of the carries in this game. And you got to help the young fella out, right? You don't put a true freshman in the position of trying to make something out of nothing in a game of this magnitude, right? I mean, that's how mistakes happen, you know, when a young player tries to do too much. So I'll be watching the interior of the Ohio State offensive line and, and sticking with the offensive line. I think Ohio State has a matchup advantage 
at tackle with Paris Johnson Jr. and Dewan Jones against the Michigan edge rushers. Edge rushers, pardon me. I mentioned it earlier. Michigan's pass rush grade down 10 points from last season, according to PFF. That's a pretty dramatic drop off. You just said it, CP. There is no Aiden Hutchinson for Michigan in this game. David Ojabo also. They're, they're not the pass rushing force that they were last year. And that was really one of the big differences in last year's game. And, you know, on top of that, Mike Morris, he was injured last week and didn't play against Illinois. So we'll see if he plays. If he doesn't play, I mean, I, I give Ohio State even more of an advantage in that matchup. If C.J. Stroud is able to throw from clean pockets most of the day, I think it'd be big trouble for the Michigan defense. I mean, there are a bunch of stats that show Stroud is the best passer in the country by a wide margin when throwing from a clean pocket. And then speaking of Stroud, I, does it seem like he lately is just – He's making too many difficult throws. You know, I mean, I appreciate the aggressiveness, right? But you you can't, and you can't be timid in a game like this, but it seems like there are four or five situations in every game these last three or four weeks where Stroud is opting to make the impossible throw in really tight windows when there seem to be easier throws available to him that would, you know, keep the chains moving. Am I imagining that, CP? No, No, I I 100%. Go ahead, Paige. No, there was one against Maryland where I was just screaming, just throw it away, dude. Just throw it away. It's like <laughs> second down, you know, and he like just lobbed up this lob, you know, and it was almost picked off. Like, dude, what what are you doing? Oh yeah. Why? That was the one at Harrison jr. That was initially called an interception, but it hit the ground. And right. Was that the one I, mean, I was screaming at the television? I was screaming the same thing on that play. I was like, why, why are you forcing it there? Just throw it away. I don't want Stroud getting caught up chasing a Heisman moment in this no. game, right? He doesn't right. have to be a hero. Get the ball exactly. into the hands of your playmakers. Let them make plays, right? Exactly, Z. And that's exactly, dude, like, this is like, it's all set up perfectly for him. He doesn't have to be like a fucking wizard back there. All right. he has to do is play like he's been playing the last year and a half. And we beat Michigan. He'll win the Heisman. Yeah. And finally, I mentioned this on Sunday's pod. Who's going to be the third receiving option in this game after Harrison Jr. and Ibuka? I personally think it's got to be Julian Fleming. Fleming has lost his way these last few weeks. Only five receptions for 61 yards and no touchdowns over his last three games. He's got to be more impactful than that. I don't. Maybe you fold in Xavier Johnson to give them a little something at receiver, but I really think it's got to be Fleming. Finding his way. It really is. Uh, You know, he had had a streak earlier this year of five straight games with at least one touchdown. And it's just been, it's been a, you know, it's been almost a month since he caught his last touchdown. So Fleming has got to be impactful in this game. Uh, Paige, let me kick this back to you. Any other observations, anything else you're going to be looking for when Ohio State has the ball and Michigan's on defense? I kind of feel like the last few games, like defenses have been able to shut shut us down, mm. you know, for a period of time uh, and be somewhat effective. And I think that's just basically because they're not respecting the run. And if you can establish a little bit of the run with Hayden, then I don't know how you can take all, away all these weapons. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, have, have, you know, Fleming in the slot with Stover in the slot and just, you know, pick up eight yards, you know? Um, and then, then you can go over the top with Harrison and Abuka. But it seems to me like those guys haven't been quite as open these last few weeks. I'm sure these defenses are just keen on them and just taking that away because they're not respecting the run. Mm-hmm. So it really is going to come back to the offensive line, like you guys said, 
I mean, Hayden was just hitting the hole like with vengeance last weekend. It was great to see, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, yeah, second and six is such great. a diabolical difference than second and 10 or, you know, that, you know, th third and three versus third and seven. And those are the situations that we know they're, they're going to have to be in, right? Because Michigan, whatever, they, they have a great defense. So mm -hmm. they're going to have to pound it right and get head, some, dude. some of those tough yards, and and then they'll be fine. And then I think they can do, you know, what they really want to do is 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 open it up because they'll start crowding the line, right? And then you'll have shots over the top. And you know, it 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 really is going to come down to just sort of adjusting and then taking them taking them deep late. Yep. So let's now have a look at the Michigan offense. Michigan comes into this game 23rd nationally in total offense, 450, about 453 yards per game. They're ninth in scoring offense. They're 25th in offensive yards per play. They're fourth nationally in rushing offense. Not surprisingly, that's what they do best. They're a top five rushing offense. They're 12th in rush yards per attempt at 5.51 yards per attempt. Ironically, Ohio State is 10th nationally in rush yards per attempt at 5.53. So, for all the the consternation and hand wringing about the Ohio State run game, Ohio State actually averages more yards per attempt than the vaunted Michigan run game, which I thought was funny. That is funny. <laughs> now, uh, Michigan brings a, a pretty page, a pretty putrid pass offense into this game. They're 99th nationally in passing offense, only averaging 209 yards per game, and you you got to think about how that that stat has been inflated by that weak non conference schedule. They're 45th nationally in passing yards per attempt at 7.8 yards per attempt. Now, here's a stat, and I've been I've I've been citing this stat for the last several weeks. They're now 59th nationally in converting red zone opportunities into touchdowns. That's 64% of the time. Ohio State, by comparison, is second nationally, just under 80% converting red zone opportunities into touchdowns. Michigan has kicked twice as many field goals in the red zone as Ohio State, 17 to 9. So, and look, this was not an area of strength for Michigan before Blake Quorum's injury. So in my mind, that's a real, that's a key stat. Ohio State can eliminate the big play. And you're, you're talking about eliminating the big play from an offense that already isn't very explosive. And you make Michigan earn it in the red zone. You know, you make them kick field goals in the red zone. I think that's a real key for their high state defense. We'll get to that in a second. Now, a few players here to watch. Of course, all eyes are on that left knee of running back mm -hmm. Blake Corum. He's Michigan's highest graded offensive player, according to PFF, with a graded 96.1. He's actually the highest graded player of any player on either side, according to PFF, Blake Corum. Quorum has 1,457 yards rushing. That's third in the country, second in the Big Ten. He has 18 rushing touchdowns. That's tied for second in the country. That leads the Big Ten. He has one receiving touchdown. He averages 5.95 yards per rush. That's 53rd nationally, which is a little surprising. I, th I thought he was a little bit more explosive than that, but only 53rd nationally in yards per carry. And his 19 total touchdowns leads Michigan's skill players. That leads Michigan's backs, receivers, and tight ends by a very wide margin. After Quorum, Ronnie Bell is next with six total touchdowns. So in my view, man, he's Michigan's only reliable playmaker. And as we know, he injured his left knee in the second quarter against Illinois, played only one snap after halftime. And if you watch that game, you saw how badly his absence crippled the Michigan right. offense. Running back. See, I did get it. This is coming in right now. Like live, sorry to interrupt you, like from the BDB that like uh, he was uh, 
deliverance turkeys uh, oh, yes. like <laughs> over like, you know, to the, the you know neighborhood and whatever. And a turkey was, you know, how they were throwing him out of the back of the truck actually hit him in the knee. And <laughs> we're not quite sure that it, it could have been, there was a little Did limp on the way out. Yeah. Wow. So I don't know. Turkey yeah. bit him. Be, turkey yeah. Came to life. And bit him. <laughs> BD, BDB. Just another BDB. Un, BDB. another BDB. unverified yeah, report so from BDB. Sure <laughs> if that's true. If the turkey did hit it. Like, re, re, you know, injure the knee. But uh, that's what we're hearing. So okay. I, All right. Sure. All right. Well, uh, the unverified reports, of course, but uh, you know. You're hearing this on the internet, so it must be true. Yeah. <laughs> Running back Donovan Edwards, another player to watch in this game, guys. He's Michigan's second highest graded offensive player, according to PFF at 89.8. He's Michigan's second leading rusher, 471 yards. His 6.7 yards per carry leads all Michigan backs, so he's more explosive than Blake Corm in that regard. He's also a very capable receiver out of the backfield, 14 receptions for 179 yards and two touchdowns. However... Edwards is also nursing an undisclosed injury. He missed most of Michigan's game against Nebraska two weeks ago. He only had two carries in that game before he left. And then he did not play against Illinois, as we know. So his status, I believe, is uncertain for Ohio State. Two, those would be two big losses. I mean, big, big losses for Michigan if neither of those two can play. I expect them personally to both play. Uh, and then, of course, there's J.J. McCarthy. He's 88th in the country in passing yards per game. 88th. 177 and a half yards per game is his uh, his average coming into this one. He's 40th in yards per attempt at 7.9. He's 66th nationally in touchdown passes with only 14. He's 26th in quarterback rating nationally, which doesn't appear too bad, but by comparison, CJ Stroud was number one. And at one point, McCarthy, his completion percentage was over 77%. That was about a month ago. But he's completed only 39 of 78 over his last three games. That's 50%. 50%. So in, in, in the passing department, McCarthy is not getting better as the season has gone along. Actually, it's the opposite of that. Yeah. I mean, stats like the completions, like they were like 10 yard passes. I well, think that that's too, right? Thing. Like he, yeah, Michigan right. does not trust him to throw over 10 yards. And now he's even having trouble completing many of those passes. Only 50% passing percentage. And that's his average over these last three games. Now, he's a good athlete, as we know. He's a very capable runner. 213 yards rushing so far this season and three rushing touchdowns. And then two other things I want to mention for the Michigan offense. Ronnie Bell, now he's they're far and away their most productive receiver. 48 receptions for 641 yards, but only two touchdowns. So, you know, he's got more than, and the thing about Bell, he's more than double as many receiving yards as the next Michigan receiver and nearly twice as many receptions. So just not a lot going on for Michigan in the passing game. Finally, we got to mention the Michigan offensive line. I'm not going to mention them all by name, but they are, as a unit, a Joe Moore Award semifinalist for the second year in a row. As we know, they won the award last season, and they were a big reason Michigan was able to run roughshod over the Buckeye defense last year with Hassan Haskins. Okay, Paige, I'm going to kick this over to you. What are you going to be looking for when Michigan has the ball against the Ohio State defense? I, I mean, there's really only one thing to look for is can they run the ball, right? I yeah. mean, you've been saying this forever, and it's it's Corb. That's their offense. I haven't watched a ton of Michigan, but I did watch that entire second half against Illinois. And McCarthy, I mean, he just misses guys that are wide open now, mm -hmm. you know. So, um, you know, I, I think at an individual level, right, like that's the most – glaring that, that that's probably the biggest aspect of this game you know offense defense for both teams what is basically the health status of corm um i tend to agree with you that he'll play 
but I don't think he's going to be effective. I just, that, that injury just looked to me like, ugh. like the fact that he could, you know, was even walking around on the sideline and tried to give it a go tells me he's a tough son of a bitch, but I don't know, man. Um, can, can he bounce back from that and be effective? And, and so then at the end of the day, then where does it fall? Right. It falls on McCarthy. And mm-hmm. so McCarthy's going to have to go out and win this game for them. And, you know, so, you know, when I was writing things down, you know, why a high state wins this game versus why Michigan wins this game. Well, you know, if you had to choose 10 out of 10 times, you know, Stroud or McCarthy, how many times you taken Stroud mm-hmm. 10 out of 10. Yeah. So, you know, that's the most important position. Um, they could be extremely crippled, uh, you know, with what they want to do running the ball. And so now it's going to fall to McCarthy. So, and if he can go out and pull this out, if, you know, if it plays out that way, then you tip your hat to him. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, again, you know, high level schematically, you know, we were laughing about this, you know, last, last weekend, like, all right, Jim Knowles, 2 million bucks, baby. This is, this is where you make that 2 million. Yeah. Uh, and it really shouldn't be that complicated. Um, and, and the defense, you know, it's, is one of the things also, and I mentioned this last week on the pod, like we're so accustomed to high state. Like if we don't win 55 to 10, we're like, Oh my God, the sky is falling for the offense. It's like, okay, but is it okay if a defense wins us a game, special teams I and mean, Jesus <laughs> right. Christ against Maryland, the block punt. Huge. completely changed the momentum of that game, you know, and you, you can lean on those other aspects outside of our offense to win a game. And it's just so ironic that we don't even, you know, yeah, we just constantly talk about what's wrong with the offense, blah, blah, blah. So, <laughs> you know, to, to CP's point about, Hey, Dave probably had some stuff up his sleeve, you know, new plays. Does Jim Knowles have stuff up his sleeve that, you know, Michigan hasn't seen? I don't even know that he needs to just stop the run, make McCarthy beat you. Cam Brown against Ronnie Bell was another thing I wrote down or whomever it is going to be Burke. Take those guys away. How are they going to beat you? I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to see a path. I don't know. To a Michigan win. I don't know. If Blake Corum either can't play or is extremely limited we'll and Michigan out. can't do what they can do. CP, how about you? What are you going to be looking for when Michigan has the ball against the Ohio State defense? I'm so fucking stoked about McDonald's, man. Like he, he's like, I think he's going to throw so many different types of blitz packages and, and shit at like McCarthy. Like, like I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm so excited. I tell you what, like they're going to have a hard time putting together an offense. And and I hope that that's true. Now, is that to say that they're not going to like reel off a couple like big plays? You're like, like the, one of those like head scratchers, like what the fuck shit. But of course they are. I mean, that that's just, that's Ohio State, no matter what, no matter who's coaching the defense. But now do we know if uh, where Hall is? Is he? Uh, Michael Jr. has gonna... been playing all season. Yeah. He's just been getting, he's on a pitch count like and he only comes though. in and yeah, he only comes in with passing like third down passing situations for the most part. I think and, he'll probably be in for most of this one. Don't you think? We'll see if he's healthy. I mean, you know, the nice thing is, is they're getting good play on the interior of the defensive line, not just from Hall. Some other guys have stepped up and, and actually yeah. that's the matchup I'm going to be watching. Well, one of them uh, I'll be watching. When Michigan has the ball against the Ohio State defense, we know what Michigan, you know, is bringing into this game with Quorum and the offensive line. I'm not certain many people outside of the Ohio State fan base, though, appreciate how good the Buckeyes have been along the interior of the defensive line. You mentioned Mike Hall Jr., CP, but Teron yeah. Vincent, Ty Hamilton, Teron, Teron Vincent, Cage, like, Tyleek Williams. Finally. 
All, all of those guys have played meaningful roles this year and have made big plays at one time or another. So I think when you have a linebacker in Tommy Eichenberg and a safety in Lathan Ransom consistently making pl big plays and vying oh. for national awards, then I think you know the big dudes up front are getting the job done. Right. And I think yes. that's the best you can hope for in a matchup like this is good interior defensive linemen that can win their matchups up front and then linebackers and safeties at the second level that can clean things up. And Ohio right. State has those dudes. Right. They got exactly Eichenberg. They got Ransom. Last year. You're good point. Z. Good yeah. Point. Uh, they got Ronnie Hickman. So I think Ohio, this Ohio State defense is pretty uniquely designed. The strength of this defense, the heart of the defense is is what uh, matches up very well with what Michigan does well offensively. So I think that's the best you can hope for if you're Ohio State. You're good up the middle at every level. And um, that's what Ohio State is uh, this season on defense. Now, uh, Ohio State has to tackle well in this game. Uh, CP, maybe you mentioned it earlier. They're a much improved tackling team this season compared to last, but against some of the better skilled players they faced this season, namely Penn State and Maryland, they struggled a bit to get to, to get those players to the ground. Buckeyes missed 14 tackles against Penn State, 13 against Maryland. So tackling's a huge key for me. And, you know, this clearly goes for Quorum and Edwards, you know, obviously, assuming they'll both play. But but this goes especially for the secondary, namely the cornerbacks against the Michigan receivers. This is not a very explosive Michigan offense. And I think they might really be searching for answers if they can't run the ball in this game. Don't give Michigan any cheap scores on missed tackles at the second level like Please. we did against Parker Washington in the Penn State game. Remember, that was a that should have been a six-yard gain turned into a 58-yard yeah. touchdown. You had two DBs out there, couldn't make the tackle. So Ohio State, tackle well, especially in the secondary and at corner most especially. Uh, another big key for me is the play of the cornerback spot. I just mentioned the corners. That's oh. uh, the cornerback spot opposite Cam Brown. Brown is healthy. He's been playing well these last couple of weeks. He's had his two highest PFF grades of the season against Maryland and Indiana the last two weeks. But who's that other corner going to be? And the Buckeyes. No, it's not Burke. Well, they still seem to be searching for answers there. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, All right. But to me, it's got to be Denzel Burke, though. He has to step I up. Because I think Hancock, J.K. Johnson, and Jair Brown, I just, they're so young. They're so inexperienced. I'm just not sure they're ready. And if Burke sucks on Saturday and Tim Walton has to turn to Hancock, Johnson, or Jair Brown, I mean, that, that keeps the door ajar for Michigan. And J.J. McCarthy, who, look, he's not throwing with a lot of confidence right now or accuracy. We know that. But I mean, if you stink over there, you don't have to be John Elway to to take advantage of that weakness for Ohio State. So I'm going to be watching that spot uh, really closely. Paige, I want to kick this back to you. Anything else you're going to be watching when Michigan has the ball and Ohio State's on defense? Oh, man, I think I, I it's, it's to me, it's pretty basic. I think we covered it. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I expect our defense. You know, that's another thing I wrote down, right? Like why we win, like our defense is vastly improved. Yeah. Our DBs can, can be suspect. Um, but every team, you know, usually has a weak spot or two. That's clearly ours. Yeah. The, the line is playing fantastic. Love the linebackers. Safeties are great. You know, if, if we can't beat this team because we have a suspect, you know, yeah, uh, second corner. Back, <laughs> then he what cast. are we talking about, right? <laughs> you know, so, JJ McCarthy who doesn't even throw the ball more than yeah. thirty yards, yeah. like multiple times. But you know, but it's just like there's a few plays like just turn around, man. Like I mean, these guys are young. I mean, they're gonna be good. You're talking um, about the corners is, playing the football. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. about the corners. Mm -hmm. You know, I, and like you said, if if, if Burke does stink, then you know if he fucking blows on Saturday, 
we need one of those younger guys like to, to just step up and have a season like Burt had last year. Yeah, you know? well, it's 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 game 12 and none, well, no I, one I has emerged it, from that group. Right. Really. Which is like I, I think it's got to be Burke. He's the veteran of the group. He's he's, he, you know, and I certainly hope, you know, that he can figure it out. And then there is the big and if you're on the Michigan side here and we've seen this with Ohio State, right, guys, like there, there's been a weak, a glaring weakness that just doesn't get fixed all season, right? It eventually catches up with you. And I just think Michigan's inability to do anything in the passing game, they've been, you know, it almost got them last week. I mean, if Illinois had a more of a complete offense, I think they lose that game. I think they lose that game by double digits, Michigan. So, you know, is it reasonable to think that JJ McCarthy is magically going to morph into a Tom Brady? In this game, after you know a, a, a full season of seeing his limitations as a decision maker in some instances, as a, a passer in terms of his accuracy, I don't know, man. I, I things just seem to be trending in the wrong direction for Michigan in the passing game, and it's just it, you seldom see something like that get figured out in a game of these stakes. Right. right, and I 100% agree with you, Z, because like, like I saw that Illinois defense like put some pressure on him in that second half, and mm -hmm. like he, like he panicked, man. And you know, one thing I didn't give any props to, and I wanted to, um, and I'll and I'll stop about the defense. I gotta, gotta give some props up to Zach Harrison, man. That kid, like, oh, has yeah. stepped up this year. You know what I mean? Kind of got, got put to the back burner. Like he was like, you know, the be all be coming in like five star big but he's he's, he's, he's stepped up great. this year man he's played great, great right yeah he's he was great and one of two huge sacks to just snuff out any hope that maryland was gonna you know of any miracles for maryland at the end of the game those are two big time plays he's also been really good zach harrison is getting his getting his hands up and batting passes down he's a big dude six six I think he's been great. He and Tui Malowau at at, uh, yeah, at the other spot. I mean, is there a better defensive end combination in the country? I don't know. They're up there top five. And, and when you actually, when you look at this Ohio State defense, they got playmakers everywhere. Last year, we were all wondering. It was third and, you know, it's it's third down and yeah. 10. We're all like, who's going to make the play? We is honestly didn't know. We're praying. Make a play? We're, we're <laughs> praying, right? We're on our knees praying for somebody to make a play defensively uh, in a critical yeah. moment. This year, it could be any number of players. And it could be any number of players who are among the best players in the country at their positions, right? I mean, yeah. Tommy Eichenberg, one of the best linebackers in the country. He's, oh, yeah. all, he's playing like an All-American. Lathan Ransom is a... Ransom. Ransom yeah, is yeah. A, uh, a Thorpe Award candidate. Yeah. JT Tuimaloa, one of the best defensive ends in the country. Um, you know, so we're talking about guys that are... And, and that's just those three. There are others all over the defense. Ronnie Hickman, Zach Harrison, Steele Chambers. There's a lot of playmaking on that defense. Sorry, PVH, were you going to make a point? Uh, probably, but I have no idea what it was. All right, fellas, let's fire up the concernometer. PVH, what's your readout for this game? So again, I struggle with the definition of concernometer from time to time, but um, I'm a 10. I'm, I'm a 10. All right. Um, I think, uh, you know, uh, I think we're going to win. I expect Ohio State to win. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we run away with this game, but I think last year, you know, was a little eye-opening. Uh, they're going to have to play a great game, and you know, it's a rivalry game, and you know, we've beat that horse to death. 
there's so yeah the freakometer is completely redlined 10. <laughs> 10 okay how about you cp i'm very confident in this team man i'm gonna go i'm gonna go a little bit higher than i normally do i'm gonna go up to about a 3.5 wow. that's where i'm gonna stop because i feel like <laughs> we're gonna i feel like we're gonna be like a, a win this game we'll get to score predictions but it's gonna be by more than two touchdowns wow okay all right i'm at a seven which for me Feels a little low for a number two versus number three winner take all matchup, right? I just feel like there are more ways that Ohio State can win this game than Michigan. PBH, I think it was you that just said, look, Ohio State can, they've been able to win games with their defense. They want, they beat Penn State on the road with their defense. Last week, they got plays in the, in special teams to, to, you know, to, to handle that win, to handle that game against Maryland. It wasn't just the punt block, right? They got a big return by Xavier Johnson. They got three field goals uh, from Noah Ruggles. They were, you know, very, and actually on that last kickoff, they got a great, they got great coverage on the very last kickoff to pin Maryland inside their 20 yard line that set up those back-to-back sacks by, by Zach Harrison. So I feel like Ohio State has become a complete team. We're so focused on the offense. And I think a lot of us are really focused on on Stroud's Heisman campaign too. We're trying to, you know, will that into existence. But I think what may be lost on some folks is Ohio State has more than one way that they can win the game. And I think they have more than one player that can deliver big for them. I think they have more playmakers than Michigan. So, uh, you know, still a very high level concern, uh, but the meter is not in the red as you guys like would think that, it would see, be for that, me. That, that kind of gives me you know, like a little warm and fuzzy <laughs> shit for you to say it's seven. All right, fellas, let's get down to brass tacks. Score predictions, PVH? I'm, I'm going to go 32-24 Michigan. No. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, that's not good. <laughs> You're kidding, right? I don't know. I just gave you asked. I gave you a score. You're picking Michigan to win this game. You're going to have to explain that. 32 to 24. That's why I'm, I told you my concern meter was 10. Why? I usually contradict myself. Why do you I'm think? I'm just getting over the fact that I fucking got this warm and fuzzy feeling. <laughs> so, going with a seven. Now I hear this bullshit. So what happens in this scenario <laughs> that, that Michigan I'm, I'm wins 32 to 24? What, why are you picking Michigan to win? I think all, I, 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 all the things that we talked about, um, I think Michigan is designed to beat this team. And the trend for the last few weeks hasn't been good. And I'm fucking with you. I think <laughs> I stay 32-24. I think it's going to be really close, though. Yeah. And it's going to be a one-score game coming down to it, right? Okay. Like Maryland, um, you know, they they had the ball with a chance to win the game. So um I I I don't think we're gonna blow them out. I, I do expect them to win. I think it's gonna be a great game. It's gonna come down to the fourth quarter, last possession, probably very similar to what happened in Maryland. Michigan might get a chance with the ball. Um, you know, score a touchdown, tie the game, send it in overtime, something like that. But mm-hmm. no, Buckeyes 32-24. I mean, you know, look uh, that we the last two the last time these two teams played uh, two and three was 2016, and that was a you know <laughs> a nail biter to say the least. We white knuckled that one double overtime. Ohio State wins, so yeah, of course, would not surprise me if this is a tight game. CP, how about you? Forty nine twenty three. 
49, 23. And I'm, and I'm, I'm wow. giving them a couple extra, like, mustache, like, kicking the field goals. Like, well, I wanted to stay, like, 17. I'm going to give him a couple more field goals. What's his name? Like, uh, Moody? I can't. Moody. <laughs> Moody got the mustache. Yeah, 49, 23. Okay. Yeah, to me, the bottom line is this. You're Ohio State. You're at home. You have five-star talent all over the place. You have playmakers everywhere. And I mentioned this earlier, many of whom are among the best at their positions in the country. When you look at the Michigan playmakers, who outside of Blake Corum falls into that category? Maybe a couple of guys on their offensive line. Who else? They have a quarterback in J.J. McCarthy who's been on a steady decline since Michigan started playing real football teams. He's barely completing 50% of his passes over the last three games. Still a very talented player. You have to respect his ability. Watch out for him as a runner in this game. I would think Jim Harbaugh is going to try and leverage his athleticism there. But it's a huge ask of a young quarterback struggling with his confidence, his accuracy, his decision-making to carry the, the Michigan offense in this game. And, you know, you know, I mentioned it earlier, Michigan has real trouble scoring in the red zone. I think Ohio State is very good. has been very good in red zone situations. I got Ohio State 31, Michigan 14. Wow, I think it's a good I mean, close game for a while to page to your point, but I, I can see Ohio State uh, like pulling away. Like it. If you're a Michigan fan, are, are you somewhat concerned of like how, how, profusive Harbaugh was like in his press, like he had no edge, right? Like, you know, he's like, Oh, these are both great teams. I have yeah. tons of respect. Oh, dude, you know, that's like, so, like, well, he I totally backpedaled on the born on third base comment. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's just like, dude, it's, it's almost like it was all like, know, it's all like it's, it's who just, you are. It's yeah. Just a, own it. You know, it's, it's, if you're going to talk shit, own I it. That's a bad sign for Michigan. Yeah. Just Honestly. to be in this position is an honor. Like these yeah. two teams. Yeah. Like, yeah, and uh, you know they 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 did a lot of talking after that game. They've done a lot of talking since. That things like that tend to be, you know, tend to have an impact on a game like this. We know it certainly did last year when Ohio State did their talking, and Michigan right. cited several, you know, several yeah. instances, several quotes in the post game that motivated them. So yeah, that's another thing we didn't even really cover. PBH. Yeah, I'm glad I was you brought saying, it up. You mentioned that last week, Z. Like, but like. You know, it is Wednesday evening at like 6 p.m. And yeah, is there time. going to be somebody that like fucking regurgitates some bullshit like between now and Saturday morning? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Ohio yeah. State's media availability is over. The players met yesterday. They had a handful of players, mostly captains and, and veterans. I think it might have just been the captains, actually, that met with the media yesterday. And that's it. Uh, Ohio State's media availability is over. So unless it comes from the Michigan, you know, uh, corner or you know you got a player or something doing something stupid on twitter i think last year wasn't it tyleek williams who was stomping on a jj mccarthy jersey and he posted yeah, that on on twitter so hopefully there's isn't stupid shit like that um but look there's we've got the motivation you're at home you've got a talent edge and it's not just the recruiting rankings that that's i'm not just i'm not talking just about that we're talking about proven talent on the field guys that are delivering big time for ohio state and I think there's just more of those dudes. We just got more than Michigan do. I, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Right. Well, the and the only the only thing with that is you could make the argument we had that last year, outside of Hutchinson and Ajabo. Um, Not defensively. I down, though. I wrote down why a high state win seven, and I could have gone on home field advantage. Avenge last year. Avenge last year. Yeah. C.J. Stroud's just better than McCarthy. 
Um, they found something in Hayden in the running game. Uh, our defense is vastly improved from last year. Um, Coram's hurt. I mean, injuries suck. I wish the guy wasn't hurt and I want him to play. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I mean, it's a variable, right? Um, and then that makes Michigan. So just one dimensional, the only things I could come up with why Michigan wins is, you know, their defense, maybe they just are tougher. I don't know. Maybe their team is constructed to win these games and, you know, not compete for a national championship, which we've completely gone down that road. It doesn't end well. Um, horrible weather or turnovers. This is the only way that I think they can win. Yeah. 55 in rain. Hmm. Okay. So not too I cold. I saw sun. You did? Yeah. Wow. I mean, was that for the BDB? Yeah, that might have been for the BDB. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Well, listen, I thought that was a great effort. We're well over an hour now. Um, I, I got see, I got a couple shout outs, though, like but sure. real quick, if you don't mind. I'd like, first of all, tip our glasses, a uh, little toast to uh, Woody Hayes. Obviously brought this like where it is. And a all couple right, uh, tip to the Ohio State basketball team. Knocked off uh, Texas Tech, twenty uh, number 21, 20 Texas Tech today in Maui Invitational. And I raised the glass to uh, Jamal Brown, dude, who passed away. Oh, yeah. So ballers for the Buckeyes with Jimmy Jackson, back-to-back Big Ten championships in 91 and 92. I remember those teams yeah. very well. Cheers. And let's, yeah. uh, let's Cheers. go Bucks. Cheers. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Thanks for making the time, boys. We will reconvene next week to Happy talk about how Ohio people. State did in this big game. Happy Thanksgiving, yeah, everybody. See, you guys have a great right, time. been listening to the south stands a buckeye football podcast you can follow us on twitter instagram and facebook and visit our website at southstandsosu.com